Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Louanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. Ladies, we know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hey, everybody. We are continuing in our series on the names of God. But before we get to that, (laughs) this is an intro, and this will show you how weird my brain operates. (laughs) I don't know how it is where you live, but down here in South Carolina, every business you go by has a help wanted sign out because people are being paid not to work. That's a, but yeah. we are not going down that road today. In these times, if you ever wanted to get a job that you're actually not qualified for, this would be the time because <laughs> business owners are so desperate for employees. So I was thinking about that and resumes. And believe it or not, this is going to lead into the name of God that we're going to talk about today. I'm sure... Luann is looking at me like, what the heck? So I just started looking up random things about resumes, and I learned that 75% of all managers that hire people have caught applicants lying on their oh my that yes, high on their resume 75% of the ones they surveyed i know and here's another little tidbit <laughs> that millennials are 5 times more likely to lie on their resumes than baby boomers oh. and then that's not to diss all you millennials out there because we know wow. if you're listening to our podcast you are not a liar but props to us baby yeah, boomers <laughs> All right, so I want to give you just a few examples of some of the lies that have appeared on people's resumes. One applicant reported being an anti-terrorism agent for the CIA, but the manager realized that the time period when he claimed to be a CIA agent, he was actually in elementary school. Oh, I mean, you would have thought he would have thought about that. (laughs) Not that the CIA may not have little agents in the elementary schools, but let's hope not. Okay, one guy claimed to be the assistant to the prime minister of a foreign country in a country that doesn't have a prime minister. (laughs) All right. So, yes, definitely you're going to get busted if you come up with some outrageous lies (laughs) on your resume. But on the other hand, you can almost be too honest. And I know this is a little long for an intro, but this was so funny. I've got to read it. Because under the references section, this gal just got way too honest. So I'm going to read to you what she wrote on her actual resume. She said, you could call my dad or my mom. Also, my best friend, Amy. She knows me really well. You could call my ex, but we just broke up last weekend. He was cheating. Long story. Anywho, you could also call the people I babysat last year. I don't remember where they live or what they were called. Their son's name is Abby. That's a weird name, right? (laughs) They were nice. They paid me $20, which wasn't really enough, I don't think. My science teacher last year was really nice. (laughs) Dear God. She would say some nice things, I'm sure. Everyone else might say something bad. I would rather you not talk to them. (laughs) So this actually appeared on somebody's resume. And now... The reason that I'm talking about resumes... I was going to say, where are we going? going? She never knows. (laughs) I was thinking about the fact that if I laid my resume down on the table and God's resume down on the table, why in the world do I trust myself (laughs) 
to run my life more than I trust God. The name of God that we're going to talk about today is all about power Mm -hmm. and sufficiency. And the name is... El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Okay. Oh, I love that song. I know. Great it's song. It's so good. It's, if you're Great over song. the age of 40 and have listened to Christian music, that song, you, you well, can That's Amy that. Grant's. Or Michael Card, too. He oh, wrote Mike, it. Oh, he wrote it. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. exactly let's, right. Let's give him Great song, and it's stuck it's, in my head. I know. Me, too. <laughs> so the Hebrew name is El Shaddai the all-powerful and sufficient one. So Luann's going to tell us a little bit about where that name first appeared in the story there. Oh, yes. Where it appeared actually was in Genesis 17, 1 to 8, I believe, where Abraham and Sarah. Can I read a little bit of that? Sure. Let me do that real quick, because I think that with this scripture, this is the first time we see El Shaddai. And we all know this, but this is so good. So you're reading out of the K. Arthur, Lord, well, I want to know you? Yeah, but the, there's the scriptures in oh, there. you're reading. I, yeah, I'm yeah. going to read the scripture. Do you mind? She didn't write the Bible, so yes. No, she did not. This is Genesis 17, 1 through 8. So yes. it's a little long. Okay. That is where it comes from. Okay. Okay, it says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, there's your El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I will make you the father of a multitude of nations." And I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. This is a promise from El Shaddai. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Being mindful that he's talking about descendants to a man that's 99 years old. Yes. So that's why I think he had to remind Abraham who he was talking to. That he was that mighty. he was almighty. He yes. He could do anything. Yes. Because that was sort of an outrageous thought. Well, yeah, because both of them, when we really get yeah. into that story, they laughed. I mean, they was yeah. like, yeah, right. <laughs> this is so not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he even questioned it. I mean, Abraham even said, well, wait a minute, Sarah is like... 89 Yeah, she was 90. Yeah. He was, she, right? 89. He was 99, I think. Yeah, he was 99. She was 90. And they're like, okay, we're way past childbearing age. But God, when you talk about his name being all powerful and he's all sufficient, it means a lot. I'm not sure I would laugh at this point in my life if Whoa. God came to me and told me I was <laughs> going to have a baby. You'd probably cry, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and here's a little tidbit of... Hebrew language, yes, not trivia because it's not trivial, but the word shad actually means breast, correct? So El Shaddai means the oh, many breasted so one, mm-hmm. which is an interesting mental picture. And if there are any guys listening to this, yeah. you might need to bring your brains back now into focus. Well, you know, it's so good because it talks about obviously when women breastfeed their children, it's the supply. I, I was looking this up, and it is so good because it means pouring forth. It nourishes, supplies, and satisfies. And who El Shaddai is, first of all, El means mighty. Mm-hmm. We just talked about it in power. And Shaddai, meaning breasted one, who pours himself out for his creatures, who mm-hmm. gives them lifeblood, who sheds forth his spirit and says, 
come unto me and drink. That's El Shaddai. That's when we hear him say, come to me, rest in me. Put your head on my chest and let me pour things forth over your life. It reminds me too of Jesus's comparison, the living water. Yes. No, it's right. He's the source. Yeah, I wrote here too, by the sacrifice of himself, he gives himself and his very nature to those who receive him, that this perfect will may be accomplished in them. And Mm -hmm. so he's always pouring forth. That's why he's so giving and so kind to us. And that's who El Shaddai is. It also combines the idea of he's well able to keep that promise. Oh, you know what I no, mean? If yes. someone came to you and said, oh, I'll take care of you, but they really uh, yes. didn't have the capacity to do that, Correct. the promise would mean nothing. No, it wouldn't. So when he was coming to Abraham, he was saying, I'm going to pour all this out on you and remember who I am. I can actually do this. That's right. Because then you listen to that scripture again. And, and actually within this book, again, it's this K. Arthur book. It's phenomenal. She tells you in that section of just on El Shaddai, Read it three times and truly look and see all those things he promised Abraham and all of those things that he says he's going to do for him. He did. Abraham is the father of many nations. And it was all coming from Isaac, even though it looked impossible. So maybe any of us that look at a situation in our lives that may feel impossible or how in the world is that ever going to happen? He's El Shaddai. So what is something that you feel like God spoke to you that that seemed impossible maybe at the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple things. But one thing in particular is I knew I was supposed to work with young people. But I did not have a teaching degree. And, I, and I'm standing on a, on a street corner after going to a, an interview for a job. And I'm standing on the street corner waiting to cross the street to go to my car. And I'm like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be working with young people. I just know it. It's in my gut. But I don't know how that would ever happen. I don't even know what to do for that. I get home that day. And there's a phone call waiting for me. And it says, Luanne, could you come to the Greater Works Academy? We have a position opened. And it was in the gym because that was the only place that they did not need a degree in this Christian school for the gym teacher at that point. And because I knew sports like the back of my hand, I went in. The Lord brought me in the back door. I never thought in a million years I would be in that position. I can't tell you the gifts that came out of me. I had no clue that I had, and I didn't need a degree. I mm-hmm. needed my BA, my born again, and I needed the, <laughs> it truly was the Holy Spirit. I just had a former student. She's 45 years old. Call me out of clear blue, needing to talk to me. And she goes, there was something I needed to tell you in high school and I never told you. And I wanted to be able to tell it to you now. And so I can't tell you the fruit. That was something I never thought. I had about a, yourself? a little bit of a similar thing. At one point when we first moved down to South Carolina, I was working at the newspaper as a newspaper reporter, but I just had this burning desire to do something in ministry. But like you, I didn't have any training in that. I had only been a Christian for about three years at that point, and I thought, I can't do anything. Well, I saw a job opening to be a house parent at a children's home, Mm. a Christian children's home here in Greenwood. So... We got that job. I was so young. I was, I think, 22, 23. You were on, on campus with them? We were in a group home off campus, which was actually okay. harder okay, than yeah. being on campus because we didn't have all the resources. So I, we had some 18-year-olds, and I was, maybe I was 23. Yeah, wow. that would make more sense. Wow. Anyway, it was very difficult. <laughs> I just expected it to be like living in a dorm. I didn't know about being a parent. 
we were there and really feeling overwhelmed. Wow. We didn't want to quit and just be more people in their lives who had abandoned them. Oh, We'd yeah. been there about six months. And out of the blue, I get a call from a church here in town where we had gone prior to being house parents. And they asked me to be their youth director. I had not even worked with the youth at that church. <laughs> wow. I had worked with youth when we first got married. Nobody even knew that. They hired me and it was a way that we could transition out of the group home without devastating these kids oh, because good. they yes. understood that. It came out of the blue, the blue, yep. blue, yep. blue. And yep. I loved that job. I, I still them. see some of those kids, kids, kids that are 50 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just one of those experiences where you see El Shaddai coming in and doing yes. things that you can't even imagine. And he's not <laughs> done. I was telling Marianne beforehand, I'm noticing him when I ask things and they come about, I highly recommend everybody journal because when you journal and can write stuff down and you say, I asked you in this very day, you answered like this. It doesn't have to be this massive prayer, but it was enough to, to turn your head and say, wait a minute, that so should not have happened, but it did. And so that's where I know that he is all sufficient. When he says the breasted one, sometimes I think about when John in the last supper, he was leaning on Christ's breast. He was mm -hmm. leaning on him. He knew him as that. He oh. knew him as his El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one who will protect is there for us at mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. And I still love the fact that when every time you see the word L-E-L, -E -L, it does mean mighty and power. So he comes in on situations that look impossible. That's right. And that's why Abram and Sarah, <clears throat> Sarai at the time thought, there's no way we're having a kid. And he's like, nothing's impossible with me. In fact, one of the scriptures I had written down was Jeremiah 32, 17, that says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Oh, I love it. I know. Mm -hmm. Again, that was in my resume thought. Do I want to trust myself? and my scheming and oh, my plotting yeah. and planning and trying? Or do I want to trust that God that created heaven That's and right. earth and nothing is too hard for him? Well, you know, it's funny because the other day I caught myself striving. And as soon as I catch myself doing that, I never used to catch it before. And I catch myself doing it because it brings up a lot of anxiety and trying to figure things out in your head and how's this going to work and how's that going to work. And as soon as I caught myself from striving, I'm like, stop, because this is making you miserable. And then you've got to go back to who you are trusting to be able to say, El Shaddai, you're the sufficient one. You can work this thing out. Find this as well. It says, Almighty means able to fulfill his purpose in us and from fruitless Abrams to make us Abrahams. That is the father of a multitude. Abram did not mean the father of nations until he gave him that, that extra, that extra syllable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he ends up allowing Abraham to be this father of multitudes. I think where it started with Abraham was Abraham's willingness to go into a land that he yes. had no clue where he was going even. He just yep. set out and he was a wealthy guy and left all of his relatives and everybody because he felt God calling him out into the unknown. Yes. And I think a lot of times that's how he works in our lives. If we have that willingness in our heart mm -hmm. to do whatever he wants us to do, that's when he says, okay, that's one I can use. That's right. And he'll start opening doors. And it may yeah. not be exactly the next day after you pray. It may not look the way you exactly thought it would look, but 
it will satisfy that passion. Yes, that passion inside. If I can read here, if you're not familiar with Kay Arthur, she's a phenomenal mm-hmm. teacher. Phenomenal. I didn't do a lot of her studies because you really had to be majorly committed oh, yeah. to her precept yes. stuff. And you had all colored pencils and oh, pens and you're circling and Did squaring you know, things off. She called me sweet thing one time. I Where? was at one of her conferences at her ministry headquarter place it's in Chattanooga. Nice. And we were at breakfast and she was in there like the rest of us. And I was at the coffee thing. And so I fixed her coffee and handed it to her. She goes, you sweet thing. <laughs> she's, I, yes. I think she's still teaching. Is she really? I think she's in her 80s. At least. At least. In her late 70s, early 80s. She have to be. Yeah. She was one of those first yes. women Bible teachers that I remember yeah. breaking out and yeah. just doing all these books. No compromise in this lady. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So she reads, oh, no, no, no. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's who she is. And so if you're not familiar with her, I would highly recommend you buying this book. It's called Lord, I Want to Know You by mm-hmm. Kay Arthur. Okay. So here's what she says. She's talking about El Shaddai. She said, he held me through the suicide of my first husband. He held me as a single parent when at times I was overwhelmed by loneliness, responsibility, and the need to be held. He has held me through times of great financial need, both personally and in our ministry. He has held me when the pains of leadership have seemed almost overwhelming. He has held me when I have failed. He has held me when I have cried for my children and poured out my doubts about being a good mother. He has held me when I have been afraid because of what he has told me to speak to others. He has held me when I have had no more strength and have wondered how I would ever make it. He has held me when I have felt overwhelmed by all that I had to do. When I have run to him as El Shaddai and dwelt between his shoulders, I have never come away wanting. He is my El Shaddai, my all-sufficient one. Oh, beloved, do you understand? Have you experienced him as your El Shaddai. Boy, that's good. Isn't that good? I need to get that book out again. Yes. I don't know why I didn't use it as I was preparing for this, but I'm glad you did. She is talking about him being the one who holds her. When he talks about the breasted one, we're coming very close to him, mm-hmm. and he's coming very close to us. Well, we can and so we hear can his heart hear, That's exactly right. Yeah. When she said, you held me, you held me in different stages of life, she has reached out to El Shaddai the one who will hold you. And that's the thing. We won't know him that way unless we go to him that way. As your El Shaddai. Feeling that desperation. Yes. I mean this. I'm going to probably download it because I don't have it on my phone. Listen to El Shaddai, the song. Actually, as we're talking, the verses are going on in my head. It's a wonderful song. It means this very God. Sometimes I realized too, as I was thinking about El Shaddai, that I find myself fretting about situations that I'm dealing with. And Mm. I realized that I've slipped into this mindset that God is all powerful, but Satan is so powerful that it's neck and neck. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't consciously think it, but by the fact that I'm worrying and fretting about it, I forget that God is infinitely more powerful than the enemy Mm -hmm. who wants to thwart our lives and derail us and destroy us. Isaiah 40 verses 25 through 26 say, to whom then will you compare me that I would be as equal, says the Holy One. Raise your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who brings out their multitude by number. He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. 
You know, the Bible is yeah. full of reality checks mm -hmm. like that. That's like, exactly remember right. whose shoulders you're dwelling between, or who you're snuggled up there, <laughs> who's right. got you in his arms, the God that made the stars. And um, I think because of pride and Satan and is so full of pride, because of the evil in the world, it seems like he's that powerful, mm -hmm. but he's not. I think you're right. That's why. Because it seems like evil prevails. Prevail, but it doesn't. It doesn't. We don't hear about the good. If, think about this. Uh, this just came to me. If for one month, every single news media, every station, every radio, Paper. newspaper, Fox News, CNN, all these people, for one month... We'll talk about things good that were happening. Just hearing all these amazing stories, we would be, okay, wait a minute. They make their money off of creating, creating stress, stress and, and fear and anxiety yeah. and all of that. But if we're looking for God as El Shaddai. Well, in Revelation, when it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and their word of their testimony, mm -hmm. that's why we need to be talking about that's right. how God worked in our lives. and That and he is our hope. Remembering our own journals yes. where we have written that he's come through for right. us and provided. And being in the word, obviously, because it's full of descriptions of God yes. and his sufficiency and his power. In the book of Job, and poor Job, right? <laughs> he, he did go through an awful lot. In chapters 38 through 41, God had listened to Job and to Job's friends for 37 chapters. Yeah. And in chapter 38, it's like, okay, boys, now I'm going <laughs> to remind you who I am. Yes. Were you there when I created this? And it's really kind of funny. It's very good. Uh, it's excellent. Job's circumstances were not funny, but the, the way God speaks to them, mm -hmm. it was a great big fat reality check. So by the end of 41, I think Job got the point and he made this statement. He said, I know that you can do all things mm -hmm. and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I have declared that which I did not understand. And that's, that's me when mm -hmm. I fret and I mm -hmm. worry. God could come to me and remind me, yes. okay, who named the stars? <laughs> Wait, I think that <laughs> what was, was his me. name? Yeah. yeah. Now that's good. Yeah. That's a great scripture. Another practical thing related to this name too is the fact that sometimes we can feel like we have to fix other people and their situations. Yeah. I am bad about this. I mean, I enjoy doing counseling, but I do have to be careful. I can't fix everything and yes. I want to fix everything. And I think women especially are prone mm. to this. But what we need to remember is to point them to El Shaddai. That's right. I mean, sometimes there are things obviously we can do to help folks, but we cannot fix their hearts. That's we right. can't fix their families. We just have to be pointing them to the one who can and not take that burden on or, or we will burn ourselves out. I, you know, I, I had a situation like that as a teacher. I had a student, oh. I had counseled her from the eighth grade on. And then by the time she got to be a senior, she was just doing her own thing. And, and she'd come to me every Monday and cry about what she had done that weekend. And, and I would always take so many things to heart because I just wanted to see these kids succeed and, sure. and really understand who Christ was. And I remember at one point the Lord said to me, you are not her savior. And so when I finally said to her, you know what? I can't listen to this all the time anymore. It is bringing me down because I'm, I can't fix this for you. I am giving you everything I can possibly give you in the word. And you're just choosing not to listen. 
And I did say this to her. I said, I can't walk this hell with you anymore. She didn't talk to me for like two weeks, stayed away from my office. I knew it. Just, I said, Lord, you know what? I knew you told me to do that. And I said to her, I'm not your savior. And I can't just keep listening to this. And then you keep on doing what you're doing. Two weeks later, she came to me and just said, you're right. So I was burning out listening to something that wasn't changing. You know what I mean? I couldn't fix her. And it was finally the Lord saying to me, you're not her savior. Did she come back into a right place with Uh, Her sophomore year of college. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Sometimes God is saying exactly what you had to say to her. Yes. To people that will not come to him. Mm -hmm. He can't make them come. Yeah. And he's sitting there with all the provision and all the sufficiency and all the power. Yes. Imagine his heart. Oh, he's yeah. And I have all this for you. Just come to me. Yeah. I love that meme where Jesus is a little girl is holding on to her teddy bear. And she's got this little teddy bear in her hands. And he has this huge one behind his back. And he's trying to get her to give him yes. that little one. And she won't give it to him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa. Just give it to yeah. him. Because he has something so much more. We had some friends who did something similar with M&M's with their young sons. And they they had the whole bag hidden. And they given each kid 10, let's say. And the dad kept trying to talk them into giving him their M&M's. And he knew that if they did, he was going to give them the The whole bag. bag. Right. And so this whole thing was going on to teach them. That great. Exact same That's thing. a great way to do that. That really is. Mm-hmm. And if I can add one more thing, but I wrote down here that Al Shaddai is the unconditional lover of, of our soul. And he's our protector and he's the all-sufficient one. And then there's the scripture, and it is the very first one that I read in Genesis, but I pulled it out. Genesis 17, 1. And I'm going to put this on my mirror, my mirror in my bathroom. I am God Almighty, Al Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I was going to close just by reading Psalm 146, yes. just as a final mm-hmm. reminder of who it is we're talking about yes. here. It says, I'll start in verse three. Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. So good. That's the God we're talking about. That's our El Shaddai. Calling us to his heart. Amen. 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 Ladies, we pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more truth and hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.